to the TPHD team podcast episode number 64 with myself and Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello, I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm saying okay. As, as we were talking before, I had a, a small, small breakdown last week, which I think was needed. So this week has been a very nice chill week instead. I'm pleased. I'm pleased that you've taken some time to recover from the intense <laughs> breakdown. Because they're always therapeutic, but you do always need some recovery time after it, I think. Yeah, it's one of those like emotional hangovers, isn't it? Where you just like, and just breathe, just be. <laughs> yeah, so much that, and you have to, otherwise you just fill it back up, your life and your energy back up with crap again. How yeah. are you? Are you over the lurgy? I'm pretty much over the lurgy. Like, I think I sound pretty normal now. Um, it was like a week, and obviously it was my birthday, and I was in London, so I didn't chill out. I chilled out on my birthday because I knew something was coming and then it didn't really work and then I got quite ill and then I went out and then I was out all night and so that also made me iller and then yeah it wasn't Covid, did do a PCR test um, and it wasn't Covid, I just was just got the cold. So I'm fine and as I've said to you before the podcast, um, I've just got the demon PMS life it doesn't, I don't always feel demon like and to be fair I've actually, I'm still in a good mood but it's like I was saying to you last night, I was literally eating like I got a six pack of white bread rolls from Morrison's and I buttered them and I was just sat eating white bread rolls with butter and chocolate and, and I put chocolate inside the roll and wrapped it up and ate it and it was just, it was fantastic. <laughs> that, that is, that's where I'm at with my PMS this month and I'm just so, I just don't feel like I've got any chat. I'm just so, I'm boring. So I just want this, like the, the I just need it to get out of me like you know the feeling of like just get it out so just get it out and then I'll be fine but you know other than that I'm fantastic um not that we pathologize people someone actually asked me on my Instagram story like how do you deal when, with things when you feel that way and it's it's kind of like it's I know that I'm I'll dramatize it a little bit because uh, I dramatize everything but it's kind of like do you know what it's just part of being a human being like you don't get to you kind of don't get to feel sorry for yourself. Like you're a woman, you have a period and it's part of being a woman. Like you don't really get to feel sorry for yourself. I mean, you do if you've got someone around that'll pander to you. And I do <laughs> one that was like, no, I'll just make you tea and that's fine. And that's great. But you don't really get, I don't think you really get to feel sorry for yourself. And I don't know if that's very anti-women of me, but, or sexist of me, but I kind of just feel like you just eat what you want to eat, except that you feel about 40 like 40 stone heavier than you are except that you probably don't want to speak to people and eat some cake and then like it's just life you know? yeah it is what it is and we just have to do what we can to get through it <laughs> exactly and I totally try and reframe it I'm like this is a great time to clock off work a little bit early and treat myself to like that delicious Snickers brownie that I had in the coffee shop and it's nice to it's like this is a great time to self-care this is a great time to not have to put my face on social media for a day and feel okay about it because I've got no chat like it's quite nice to reframe it like that (laughs) there's so many times we're like trying to escape the feeling and it's like just accept it because that's what it is and you've got a period and go team um anyway questions do you want to go first yeah I'm going to start with the one that we might be able to uh, relate to somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. I'm a shy introvert. (laughs) Can't relate. No, sorry. 
Do you have any advice on how to make conversation with someone slash a group you've never met before in social situations that aren't work related? I'm a listener rather than a talker, which is fine if the other person is making conversation. But if the other person is shy too, it's awkward and I'd love to be better at it. Plus, it would help my anxiety for these situations. Good question. Just an FYI, this is not this person, but like you can be an introvert and not be shy. Like they're quite different things. Introvert is like you get your restore your energy from being on your own, whereas shy is obviously everyone knows what shy is. I'm trying to think of a definition of shy. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what the definition is. Um, anyway, so yeah, you can be one without the other, so to speak. I mean, it's, it is tough, but the only way you get over it is by forcing yourself to do it. So. Like I say this all the time. When I did my undergraduate degree, I couldn't speak to more than two men at once. I would go like a beetroot. And I was terrified of speaking to professors like that when I needed help. I wouldn't ask for help because I was so scared. And I was just really, really timid. And so when I and it, it got to the point where my anxiety and my shyness made me mess up my exams. It was really like I got really bad with it. And so when I finished my degree and I didn't get the result that I wanted, I was like, I need to do something about this. This is it's you're I'm, I was ruining my own life in that sense and so I did my um what's it called exercise to music you know their level oh really <laughs> to teach exercise classes which to me was hell I'm like no I'm going to do it and I taught classes that I loved and I was and you have to stand in front of 30 people and shout and prance around and it was horrific every single time I thought I was going to die before going in and then it was one of the best things I ever did because then it, it forced me to just realize actually I can do it and it's not that bad and I did lots of things like that just said yes to all these sorts of things I deliberately went out and went so, was social and the best advice I can give is to do try and do as much of it as you can and scare yourself with, as, with it as much as you can go on dates and with people that you don't know safely meet these people often and I think like you can have a, a bank of questions but think of all this like the problem is is that we meet these people and then we feel uncomfortable asking the question basic questions as if they're going to judge us for asking questions or we just don't even think about them because we go so blank because we feel so shy um but you there's so many things you can ask about a person like what they do as a job and what their family is like and where they're from and I always like to ask people like the basic stuff like that and then I kind of listen to respond at least initially like and I know that's not what you're supposed to do like in a like a coaching session you don't listen to respond you listen to hear but when you first meet someone I quite like to listen to respond because then you go right they're from Dundee oh I used to go to Dundee you give a bit of information and then you can act, like listen and think well what can I ask next based on what they've said you're not really taking it in but it's a way to continue conversation um rather than getting so uncomfortable that you're in your own head you don't even listen to what they say and then you have nothing left to say um I don't know if that's very useful that's what I do yeah no I so when I finished college my first job was in a bar well it was like a pub so it was open in the day bar in the evening and obviously I was like I don't like talking to people just tell me what you want and that's it and they're like no no these are customers that we get regularly. You're going to have to, like, they want to speak to you. So, like, oh, Christ. <laughs> so, so one of um, one of the things we did was kind of um, when I spoke to my manager about it, I was like, look, I really don't feel comfortable. But we had, like you said, those kind of bank of questions that were like, 
okay I know I need to ask the, need to I'm going to ask this so we can start some conversation mm. and then like you said then it just the more you do it the easier it gets and when you listen like you said you, you can respond and and it becomes a bit easier and you're not having to overthink it as much yeah exactly and I mean don't get me wrong if I'm in certain situations now like certain situations in the last month that I've been in and around certain new people and things I felt really intimidated I thought and it's not because of who they are it's just because of I just think I don't as, as soon as I go into these situations like I don't have any banter but it's like do you know what in certain situations you might not have your usual banter and people have to get to know you before they realize that you're just an absolute delight and you're really funny that's <laughs> absolutely fine but you can't I, I don't I think take the pressure off being your most authentic self in these situations at least initially because if you're shy your most authentic self is just trying to get words out and that's okay mm-hmm. um I have noticed that when I see slim girls I almost get a bit jealous and think in a way like I want to look like that I know everyone has their own look in comparisons thief of joy I don't know where this came from but do you have any tips on how to reduce these thoughts I can't just stop seeing slim people but feel I shouldn't be thinking this way to add I realize you don't know why someone looks the way they do and I know that but it doesn't seem to stop me also I've had people tell me they wish they look like me or I have the dream body so I feel it both ways from the sounds of it that awareness is already there in that you don't know what's going on they might be really slim but completely unhappy and have a crappy relationship so (laughs) um so yeah I think some of it comes down to calling yourself out and also I don't I don't know about you but I stop focusing on people's bodies yeah, and I don't know if they've got really. Like, there was a girl in the gym that had the most amazing green eyes, and I was like, "Oh my god, there!" Like, do you know what I mean? And she was, she was wearing a sports bra and shorts, and you could easily hone in on how great her body was, but I didn't really notice that it was other aspects of it. And I think that also comes down to yourself and what you're focusing on on you. That's exactly what I was going to say. Totally agree. The reason you're focusing on other people's bodies is because you're so focused on your own. And so you like, and this person's done a lot of work on that, but you wouldn't, I don't care about other people's bodies because I don't care about changing the way mine looks. But I think I said this on another podcast recently, I might notice someone and I and look at their face and think, God, she's got a beautiful face. I don't know if that's because and it's not a comparison thing. It's not like she's prettier than I am. Mm-hmm. I just notice people and I think, well, God, she's, she's got a beautiful face. And I know that that's because I still put emphasis on the way that my face looks. Um, but it's not a comparison thing because I'm content with who I am and I'm happy with what I've got. And um, so I think it's not about anyone else at the end of the day. It's about you. And if I think this is more of a general thing rather than this specific person. But if you are still preoccupied with thoughts about your body, then you need to look at why that is. Are you still restricting a little bit? Are you training to change the shape of your body as opposed to training for health and enjoyment and progression and strength? Are you still body checking? I think a conversation I had with someone else, not this client, um, we were talking about they were preoccupied with their body and really controlling. They were like, this is where my settling weight is but I'm still obsessed with my body. And I said, it's not your settling weight. Your settling weight is not somewhere where you're still having to control or 
actively try and change where your body is and the problem with that is is that we all want to have a settling weight that is a certain size and it's that's not necessarily where our bodies are comfortable doing your settling weight is going to be somewhere where you're not preoccupied with this stuff where you're not restricting your food um, where you do feel your healthiest and you, your weight fluctuates up and down a little bit and you're consistent there um, and so I think establishing that for yourself and establishing the place where letting your weight change let your weight change to a point where you realize that you're not obsessed with your body anymore and the problem is is that everyone thinks if they gain weight they're going to be more unhappy with their body but for a lot of people who are lean gaining weight is going to reduce their body preoccupation and improve their body image but they just think they all think it's the opposite way around Mm. um okay all my friends are getting married and having babies and I'm nowhere near and feeling the pressure. How do I cope with this? Absolutely just cannot really um, <laughs> at all. Um, you do you. Like you genuinely do you. You know what? I know that egg freezing is a privilege and a luxury. I really do. But there are so many ways that you can have babies these days as a single woman as a married older woman, as an as a single older woman, um, think realistically things are not going anywhere, probably anytime soon. I don't know how old this person is. Um, often this resentment comes from it's not resentment, but often this un- uncertainty or uncomfortableness, discomfort comes from you not you not living your best life without sounding really cliche. My friends have got, some of my best friends have got kids and husbands and have done for 10 years. One of my my best friends at school, her her daughter is 13. And I, like, it's just crazy. Um, Can you hear that? Sorry. I can't hear it. It sounds like they're banging pans across the road. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. What else would they be doing? (laughs) (laughs) I can't hear it, sadly. Um, Where is the passion in your life? Like, do you resent it because you want those things and in that case are you putting the time and effort into doing those things are you dating are you on dating apps are you going out and socializing are you having conversations on instagram with people are you making eye contact with people in the gym these types of really basic things if those are the things you want then are you acting in line with that often you feel a bit uncomfortable because you're not doing the things and so you resent it a little bit um if they're not things that you want in the, in the foreseeable future, but they might be something you want long term, take control of that and use this time. Like use this time to explore things that you love to do. Actually, one of the things I did on my um, intentions for 2021 was one of them was I'm going to enjoy every second that I don't have a child until I have a child. And it was very, very intentional. Like, so I'm just going on a last minute trip away or I'm staying out all weekend partying and going a bit wild and it's like I never thought oh well I'm 35 or 34 at the time like I'm going to do all these things but also I'm not going to be able to do these things one day when I do go through those things and so I need to take full advantage so I think have a think about what why it is it's bringing up these feelings because trust me with my I love my friends who have 13 year old 30 13 year old and their families but there's no part of me that thinks I wish I did that when I was younger none at all even though at the time I probably might have been a bit like oh I think yeah 
I think there's a lot of pressure that it's a should, isn't it? That's what you should do when you get older. When you reach a certain age, you should settle down, get married, have kids. And truthfully, I don't see a point that I'm ever going to want to do that. <laughs> I don't My parents, I think they've been together 32 years and then got married, which was a shock. <laughs> wow. But all along they said, well, we just don't see the point. Right. We love each other. We don't we don't need to. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I've grown up with. And I just don't feel the need. Don't get me wrong, that might change in time. But at the moment, no, it's not something. And likewise with children. I had a friend that I think shocked the friendship group because they were like, I just don't see a point in time where I'm going to put want to put something else above having the life that I live and being able to like you said go out and enjoy all these things kind of spontaneously yeah I think that's so much more common now most of my best friends now as an as you know like the friends that you get as you get older as opposed to school friends most of them don't want kids I don't know a lot of women my age now that want kids I think that is definitely shifting and it's I think a lot of it's to do with like there's there's no shame anymore on women saying I want do you know what I want to put myself first mm -hmm. and for so long there was so much shame around that and women were told to be selfless and of course there still is that narrative there that we're constantly fighting against but now it's like it's okay to put yourself first now when you put yourself first do you then want to have a child and put them first and I, I just think that it's yeah it's far less it's far more normal, so to speak, to just say, no, I'd, I'd never, I wouldn't want to put someone else before myself other than a partner, potentially sometimes, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think it's, I think it's definitely changing. Yeah. Um, I heard the pans there, I thought it was in the park at all. Okay. Does it matter how long your cycle is? Is it different if it's regular? Um, for example, mine seems every every 26 days, so not necessarily the same day each month, but it is regular. Yeah, it completely varies yeah. from person to person. Um, I don't, I think, like, what is it? They say, like, 21 to 35 days? Is that what the range is? Like, yeah, I the so. average is 28. Yeah. But, yeah. It's never going to come on the same day, like, mm -hmm. as in the same day of the month. That's not how it like your that's not how your body works it work it's probably going to come on the same cycle number roughly usually it's like plus or minus two days or something either side um if it's irregular in that sense if it's like 26 days 32 days 35 days and it's quite irregular then and you're somebody who exercises a lot and somebody who's lean or somebody who diets a lot then those would be red flags to think that they're that's an irregular cycle let's sort this out because it's potentially related to do with those things the best thing you can do is to track your cycle like I know that some coaches listen to this like your clients should certainly know their menstrual cycle number but also using an app like natural cycles or clue is the best thing you can do like taking your temperature every morning um okay I've noticed that I was seeking external validation to an unhealthy level from almost everyone around me and I was finding myself agreeing with people despite their opinions being the exact opposite to mine instead of 
seeking internal validation and seeing myself for my own worth. I've started to learn to accept my own thoughts and beliefs are worthy and I do not need to conform to everyone's norms all of the time. However, how can I learn to be more diplomatic? I find that my level of tact could possibly do with some work practice and I do not want to come across too harsh. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about people pleasing. I'm not sure if you're qualified to answer. No, 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 no. I've got no idea about that. <laughs> uh, not something I'm familiar with. We all do it. You're, I would probably say you're not being too harsh. From a background of people pleasing, we had a discussion before this. I said to Anna about something else. I said, was I really, really harsh on this conversation we were having? And she was like, no. Because when you're used to people pleasing and then you you are you set boundaries or you vocalize something or you're trying to make your point put your point across it so feels can still feel quite unnatural so then you leave that conversation and go oh what's that mean but if you come from a people pleasing background the chances of you being untactful what's the right phrase there non-tactful tactless tactless yes (laughs) (laughs) that word the chances of you being tactless when you come from that background are quite slim but that being said you're still learning to vocalize your needs and your wants and that's fantastic and that shows a level of self-respect and self-worth and self-esteem that is growing in you so that's amazing um i mean the best thing to do is is practice some mindfulness with it so before you actually jump down someone's throat if that is what you're doing literally just take a breath and think like what do I want to say here and you can say something like I understand your viewpoint I actually disagree and then say what you want to say because you're not saying you're wrong you're saying that's your viewpoint and then you're saying yours although sometimes I do say people are wrong I'd like that live that I did with Dan the other night and I was like no you're wrong <laughs> like <laughs> you can say you're wrong if you genuinely think someone is wrong but that's always a bit of a sweaty situation. You can easily just say, I, I just dis- I disagree with what you're saying. This is my viewpoint. And then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. It comes, it's it's like, um, I think we've said about it before when you've you've had kind of low self-worth, low self-esteem, and then you start to build that up and and you sometimes feel that it's it's not confidence, it's arrogance. And that's that's just because you're not used to feeling these feelings. Yeah, absolutely that. And you can't, you you need to to learn to distinguish between confidence, arrogance, um, vocalising your point of view and then being aggressive, which I feel like you're probably not aggressive if you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) You know who it is and you're like, no. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I've also got the Scottish accent to contend with. So sometimes when I do say stuff, I sound way harsher than I am. I'm like, (laughs) saws. Okay. My birthday is coming up and I want to feel and look great, but in period recovery, so gaining weight and finding it a challenge to buy something new to wear for it. I'm now no longer sure what suits me, what I'm comfortable in, and I'm not sure I can face the changing rooms and shops. Any tips on how to go about buying new clothes for an event when your body shape is changing? Do you know what I've done recently, <laughs> which I know this this isn't particularly going to help the the mindset side of things, but because I hate shopping, there are some really good websites where you can get like people will send you um, style recommendations and outfit recommendations. So you put in kind of like your, I think you have to tick off like the kind of looks that you like and your, um, like your, your kind of body shape and size. 
and then they'll send you a few recommendations for different kind of looks oh, and that's cool. been quite helpful for me what website did you see they were do you know what? uh so there is thread which i really like and stitch fix there's loads though there's loads of, um if you yeah it's 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 not like a personal shopper but that they'll find you different outfits and you can mm. i think some of them you can sign up and get like a different outfit once or twice a month if you wanted oh who knew that existed i mean i feel like that makes sense that it does but i never knew that existed yeah. um i honestly would say brave the shops and i know that you don't you don't want to do it but i think you'll probably surprise yourself but don't go into the shops thinking i need to wear what i used to wear and i need to wear the size that i used to wear pick up a couple of sizes and i've said this on a podcast before as well pick up a couple of sizes of different styles of stuff like baggy stuff tight stuff whatever you like the look of um and go in and try on without looking at necessarily looking at labels just stick all the sizes there try them on whichever one looks and feels the best and get that one um I was thinking about that actually in the shop the other day because I did that the other day and I bought it and then I was like shit, shit I need to order something else that was the same and I was like I don't even know what size I bought in the end because I can't remember yeah. um because it's, it's irrelevant right it really doesn't matter so I would say do that also I watched something on TikTok the other day so my TikTok is just full of like lols it's not work at all and some <laughs> there's a woman on there that I really love who's in a larger body and she was like she took her mum to Zara and they were just they were just saying they came in really excited and then they just left and it was funny like literally nothing fits I've got the XL which is a size 16 and I'm a size 14 and it doesn't go over my boobs and all of this stuff it's like you have to get comfortable with knowing that these sizes and stuff are just complete bollocks in every shop they're bollocks choosing to get bogged down by sizing on clothes is, is a, it's a choice at this point we know that they're crap um but yeah just I think you're not going to know what feels good unless you go in and try it right now it's the thought that's scaring you rather than the actual action so just try it and go to a shop that you go to Zara where you know that the sizes are complete crap I'm telling you I have smalls I have extra larges like they are crap go somewhere like that where you like the clothes but you know that size is off and just see if there's things like styles that you like because there will be something you like but you're just building it way up but it wasn't it you said something about your mum going shopping. Yeah. The and the lady in the shop telling her that the sizes were off this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, oh, fall down or something or up after the pandemic. Yeah. But exactly. Like, how are you meant to know? It just goes to show that they mean absolute jack shit. Yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. How do you stay focused on the goal of consistency of healthy habits and mindset when you have more body fat than you are comfortable with? objectively you know it's less important and you know you're making amazing amazing progress but it still nags away what wait what was the first part of that question again how do you stay focused on the goal of consistency of healthy habits and mindset when you know you have more body fat than you're comfy with because if you don't then you're not going to lose the body fat that you feel comfortable with that is it somebody that's dropping body fat so at the moment we are just working on improved relationship with food. Okay, okay, fine. Um, great question. Great question. Um, and what I just said is not relevant to you, so you can scrap that answer. But if you're someone else who's looking to lose body fat, then you take that question on board. The answer on board. Um, kind of have to think of your long term 
goal here and your values like right now what I love about anyone who works with us is that I know that they value their health and that's that's one of their top priorities and maybe they value like life experience and all these other things and I don't know what you value personally but it's probably a couple of these different things and think about how those habits align with what it is that's important to you so yeah you've got maybe got a bit more body fat than you like right now but is that the most important thing to you or actually is the most important thing to you the fact that you're you're no longer regularly overeating how does this habit of eating regularly say stop you from overeating and how does that fall in line with your overall value of you know being able to just not be preoccupied with food all the time it moves you forward in that direction or do you really value relationships and socializing and family and how is your habit of meditation supporting you and moving you towards being able to eat mindfully with your family and have dinner with your family without feeling guilty um i think really like really reassessing or coming back to what is the most important thing to you right now because really if you don't do those habits and you sacrifice them for fat loss at this point what does that do that takes all of the things that you say are important to you and it moves you further away from them it's you actively saying I'm choosing to put my body weight in front of all of these other things that I've said important are important to me. And I'm doing that by not doing any of these habits. On the flip side, when you have a week of all these green habits and you've done them, you're saying, I'm actively prioritizing what's important to me and I'm moving myself towards that. So keeping in mind, and sometimes journaling can be really good for that, like to keep bringing them back to the forefront of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. I think what you said, I know this client's a mum, and I think what you said around family meals in particular, I know that came up this week. Um, so I think that would be a really good one to reflect back on. Yeah, I think one of the, I, I love working with parents, and I think it's one of the most rewarding things. That for, I don't know about you, but for me as a coach, when parents eat with their kids, or it's their kid's birthday and they eat cake with their kids and their kids see them eating cake. And I just think, God, you are fostering such a good relationship with food for your kids. And it's not that the person I'm working with is not the most important thing. Of course they are. The most important person, of course they are. But for me, it's like I love seeing, whenever I hear these things, I think the connection between you and your children is getting stronger because of these actions you're taking. It's one of the most, for me, it's one of the most rewarding things in terms yeah. of what the work that we do, or the work that our clients do, we don't do the work, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, oh, so, it's such a good, such a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. One of my clients in the States, she, um, was telling me and I don't know if I said this before but she was telling me that her kids she was drawing with her kids and one of her kids drew the family and then he drew like clouds above their head with like writing in it and she said oh what is this and he said well that's us and that's our thoughts and and clouds above our head and I was like that's like mindfulness 101 and she was like yeah I was really proud (laughs) that's really cool that's very advanced (laughs) I was buzzing with that that she told me that a long time ago but it stuck with me I thought it was awesome um okay sorry another relationship one absolutely no apology needed obviously (laughs) Anna and I are the pinnacle of relationships we practice what we preach in all cases always Uh, 
I have been single for four years now and the whole time I've just wanted to get into another relationship which clearly hasn't happened I've recently decided I want to actually try and just enjoy being single and have some casual things with people so I can have the joy of sex without the commitment my questions are as someone who is quite emotionally sensitive how do I stop myself from getting too attached and hurt and how do I make sure I don't start hoping that it's something will turn into a relationship when the guy has made it clear that's not what he's looking for? And I do actually want to try and make the most of single life while I'm young. And I guess finally, what are your tips for being single and enjoying it? Oh. I might be a little bit controversial here. Mm. If you are someone that can't have sex without getting emotionally attached, I would question if it's the right thing for you to do. Um, you you're not going to know unless you try it because you've never done it right so this is certainly not me saying don't try things out and see what you enjoy I think that's important that we all do that at some point if we want to um so certainly try but I think some people and I say this from from friends and, and conversations I've had in the past some people are more emotionally vulnerable and that's that's a strength so I would like to make that clear that to me is such a strength and I'm envious of that so certainly not a bad thing but if that is you then you may well be one of those people that like sex does produce certain hormones and especially if you're like a wee spoon after sex like you you get this oxytocin release you get this bonding it takes away a lot of the rationality and even me who can be quite guarded like if I was in if I'm in that relationship for more than a couple of dates or whatever I'm like oh I can see what's going on now and I need to take a step back unless I want it to go further um I think so I would I would really consider if it's the right thing but certainly do if you want to try these things out try it um um what do you think about that on that part of it no, I, I completely agree <laughs> because I am one of those people. <laughs> I'm like, like after a few good dates, I'm like planning what's going to happen in the future. I'm gonna take a chill. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Try it by all means, but if you're going in there knowing that that's a potential, then no. Yeah, I think. <laughs> You can't stop yourself from hoping it turns into a relationship. But if I think we really have to stop, and this is a general thing, obviously, I know you certainly can't relate. We need to stop trying to change or fix people. If, if you meet someone, we as women, I'm generalizing a lot of the time, we want to be selfless and we want to help people and we want to fix people. That's where we get a lot of our worth from. It's like a maternal thing, I think, to some degree. So when someone says to us I'm not interested in anything more that's part of our brain goes there must be broken I can be the one to fix that and then they're going to want more and then we put ourselves into these cycles of like this is what we when we make jokes about red flags this is kind of what I mean like we we tell ourselves these stories that we can be the person that changes them and maybe they've said this because actually they've been hurt before and we're going to show them that I'm not going to we're not going to hurt them and they're going to change no like that's how you stop it because if someone if someone shows you who they are believe in the first time that was my Angelou and that is something to live by and if someone says to you my ex-boyfriend who put me through absolute torture said to me I mean he properly loved bombed me and we were best friends for a while but he said to, he always said to me that he was not that he was going to leave in some way didn't know it was going to be the way that this happened but like <laughs> let's be honest like <laughs> 
that was a surprise in itself but he was when when we got through all of this stuff he's like you know I, we were laughing about it and he's like you know you, I always basically said that this was going to happen in some way shape or form and I was like you did and I chose to ignore it and that's and that and that's not okay like this was a long time ago and I've obviously learned from these things but I think yeah I think really be honest with yourself about it like why are you believing someone when they tell you stuff and try it out and like single is I love being single I love dating good people I love being in relationships I don't love any more than the other one I think the best tip for being single is genuinely live your best life when you live your best life is when you're the most attractive to people as well I'm not saying do it to be attracted to people but like when you're having the most fun is where you meet people and then when you that's when you enjoy dating because you meet fun people and like if you're just sitting in your house and focusing on trying to enjoy being single and just trying to meet people that you don't it's not fun it's not fun to actively try I don't think I mean I've not don't know if I've really done that very often probably have (laughs) probably have um yeah I honestly would just think do what you love have a lot of fun with your friends and and it's those times that you never know what's going to like what's around the corner yeah it's like the perfect opportunity to be completely selfish isn't it and just do the things that well find out more about yourself but do the things that make you genuinely happy so yeah. that if you if and when you do meet someone they're meeting like your best self mm. and by a vibrator also because <laughs> once you have that covered like the desire to go out I mean that's actually that this can be like not so great if you're actually trying to meet people because your desire to then meet people significantly drops because you think I could put makeup on and go out because I want to have sex or I've got a vibrator and I could eat pizza at the same time like so it can stop you from doing things but genuinely um I, I think I do think that's really important it also stops you from making silly decisions because you really have to want to see someone to then have a one night stand with someone and is it really worth it when you can probably have a better time with your vibrator especially first time sex is never really that great in general so that's I would also say that that's a significant contributor to having a good sex life. what's it it was last year wasn't it when you first posted about masturbation may or something that was this year that was it this year it was definitely well whatever you put up last year I had so many dms that were like who are you working with I was like you're telling me you don't (laughs) well that's a different thing (laughs) this is why like do you know it just really grates on me that still to this day influencer female influencers who say they talk about self-care and self-love only talk about sex when they have a vibrator to sell because it's an ad like any person talking about sex that you follow on instagram is probably doing it because they'd be paid to do it by whatever vibrator company it is and it drives me bonkers and it's like if you feel shame using the word vibrator if you feel shame using the word masturbation or talking about it or saying that you do it then that's not a problem to curse your like curse yourself to hate yourself over but think about it, like why do you why is there shame there because that's impacting things like your compassion your body image your um sex life your ultimately your health because these things are all related so 
I, f- I have found myself talking about sex a lot more this in the last year, but I think it's important. Oh no, definitely. I did see a post and it was brilliant. Um, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. But it was postpartum sex and it was just so brutally honest. I was like, amazing. Uh, Round of applause for you. Oh, I need to see that. I will find it for you. Um, okay, complete change of pace. <laughs> Out of curiosity, um, so this is from, well, it doesn't matter, but this is from a male client. Um, out of curiosity, what's your view on using steroids or growth hormones? I know it's quite a controversial topic. My view is I would never recommend anyone use them and not use them myself, obviously. Is it somebody who competes? No. Um, I think that the risk reward, I don't know enough about the risk reward to be quite honest. So that's why I wouldn't really say anything. I know that there are some good bodybuilding coaches out there who push drugs, whether they can be a good bodybuilding coach if they push drugs, I don't really know, um, but who are well-versed in their usage. I've seen a lot of horrors, I've heard a lot of horror stories about it. I've also heard a lot of non-horror stories about people who, I don't know, like inject test and have it all monitored and stuff like that. So. Um, I would never, ever, ever recommend anyone do it. Um, ultimately, I don't really agree with injecting exogenous hormones into your body unless it's fertility-related, to be honest, because we don't have a choice often. Um, that's really my opinion on it. What is your, yours? Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's not something I would ever do or I would recommend um it's it's one of those things isn't it that i'm kind of like there are we know the the risks involved and like you said the horror stories that you hear but i think do your research and then make a decision on that yeah yeah um okay you know when you're having a really crap gym session and everything you want to use is taken when you want to use it you trap your finger between some plates etc etc what's the consensus on packing it in and going again tomorrow versus pushing through if pushing through how do you stop being frustrated and get the most out of what you want to do (laughs) i can very much relate it's been a few weeks of those kind of sessions (laughs) you totally know them as well don't you you just get so rationally angry well Loughborough has the students back so the gym it doesn't matter what time you go it is absolutely packed Mm -hmm. and obviously we're quite good at adapting and being like oh I'll just go on this or I'll just do that but every bar every dumbbell every machine seems to be taken by hordes of people so I think you either sack it off if you're really not feeling it or just go and do something else completely different like have a little hit session or a stretching session or go for a walk if you want if if movement's gonna help your headspace go for it but don't overstress it if not yeah kind of the same as me to be honest I think I've done I've done both I've left halfway through those sessions and I've also stayed and just got angrier sometimes sometimes powering through can make you feel good and sometimes it can just make you 
feel even worse and more pissed off. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's a personal choice. But like you said, sometimes it can be nice just to do something completely different. Like the one thing that is free, great. Let's just go. And, I don't know. Say you're doing. Say you're doing like a. I don't know, a lower day or something, and you can't get onto any of the stuff. But there is, there are some dumbbells free. Take them off somewhere and do some sort of like complex with dumbbells, lunges, and thrust and RDLs or something like that, and just like fanny around. But do it, but still get some intensity in there, um, and then you then that's sufficient. Don't stress about not being on your program for that day because being on your program might mean you're in the gym for four hours and. <laughs> we don't have the time in that for that in our lives no no um okay uh when do i know that i'm ready to diet again i feel like i could have more focus on my calories i feel like i could focus more on my calories in a more mindful way but with going through loss and on a recovery path from covid is that a silly idea might it result in more disordered eating if I struggle to manage my emotions? Yes, correct. It might. Um, loss, as in a loss, uh, not loss of period loss. Loss. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, uh, family loss. Right. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I would look at why you want to diet whilst you're going through all of these things. It's such so common to be going through something and then manage to rationalize going on a diet when that's going on because it's your sense of control it's your sense of distraction it's your it takes you away from thinking about your feelings and so I would be very very mindful of that potential link um and it might not feel like that like you might not be aware that that's what's going on and it might not be but it potentially is in which case dieting is probably not the best thing for you to do um but again, you can move through these disordered eating habits and then eventually diet. And I don't know the background to this. Um, but if you are struggling to deal with your emotions and then you are adding a deficit on top of that, then you are probably more likely to struggle with emotional eating because you're hungrier. And it's, so it's just harder to... Um, resist overeating you're going to want to you're going to be craving more because you're a bit hungrier as well as potentially be a bit restricted on the foods that you're eating even in like a little bit so I would say it's potentially not wise to be honest and um, I woke up this morning to a comment on my Instagram post from somebody who was dealing with anorexia and it was it's a shame because I've put the post up that said you know once you move through disordered eating and you're in a larger body then dropping body fat might be a good thing you can do for your health and I stand by that if you are in a larger body and someone with anorexia had commented saying you've just made me feel you've just stopped my recovery and you've made me something like you've made me want to like lose body fat like now you've just told me that I should drop body fat no no <laughs> it was really like it was really and I understand I understand like that everyone sees things through their own lens right everyone sees things through what they're going through and they choose to see what they want to see but it's like on this post it was very much word for word if you're in a larger body and, bo and drop body fat will be good for your health and it amazes me still that we can see stuff through we choose to see what we want to see 
And it's the same as listening to this podcast, right? You will hear what you want to hear. So when we're giving this advice, we're giving it to specific people with specific goals. And if you have a different goal, but you want to be in the place that someone else is at, it's so easy to just put this filter on. And it's the same with, with dieting. Like, it's so easy to say, well, I've come through all of this. It doesn't matter that I've got all these other things going on because I know that my relationship with food is good. Not this person is certainly not doing that. That's why she's asked the question or he's asked the question. But it's so easy just to hear what we want to hear. You see it all the time with people with HA. And it's like they always try and hear the, the minimum effective dose of what they like. They always like what they can get away a with. A little can I eat? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. If they, if they can cling to a little bit of, sometimes, not everyone obviously, cling to a little bit of like, oh, maybe I could just do this because she said that that one person could do it. And that's what we choose to listen to. Um, This morning really hit me. I was like, oh God, like, could it have been read like that? And I thought, no. Yeah. It's just really interesting how much we see what we want. Maybe that's a digression. Yeah. Digression? You know, <laughs> no. I, I, I completely agree. And I, I said this to her in her update that there, I wouldn't have a problem moving forwards, but I think right now possibly isn't the right time, particularly as well. Emotions aside, there's still post COVID recovery. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. And, like <laughs> let your body recover yeah get back to feeling good training and in the gym and life in general and then we can focus on it yeah it's not going anywhere no um okay people 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 stop saying sorry when you ask us a question we love your questions so don't say sorry so sorry for this being long-winded i had a question about my quote-unquote skinny wardrobe my wardrobe is still full of clothes that used to fit me when I was leaner. I think I keep them because I do have long-term fat loss goals for my health. But in the short term, is it contributing to my negative body image? I find that I will often end up crying next to my wardrobe because I have nothing to wear, even with a wardrobe full of clothes. Is it just full of clothes that don't fit, mixed in with a shorter number that do? I always hear my mom in my head, don't throw those away, you might fit them again. Or don't buy new clothes if you're in your bigger size, it's just a slippery slope. Slippery slope. Just wondered what the best approach is. I would say, I was going to say, what's the saying, like out of sight, out of mind, but that's going to help your headspace. And if you've got that voice from your mum, and I think in a way it's kind of similar, you know, like when it comes to food waste, Mm. that you have to finish everything on your plate. You shouldn't throw clothes away because that's just wasteful if you might fit them again. You could diet, but your body might not ever be that same shape. Like if you train, you might have built some muscle and and stuff like that. So rather than thinking that perhaps it's a waste, then give them to charity, give them to something that's someone that's going to get some use from them. But you keeping them is is just like that reminder that you're you're not what you used to look like. And that's no bad thing. You I'm sure through your journey, you've got a lot more positives um, in a slightly larger body now. Yeah, I agree. I think, so this person, yeah, I agree. This person, I would say, uh, uh, it's tough. I, you could try, you could try, like, packing them away and putting them in the garage or somewhere else. Um, so that, I, like you said, outside, out of mind. So you've not thrown them away, you've not given to charity, but you've just put them somewhere else. And just notice how that feels different. I think the key is getting clothes that fit you we're so 
adamant and we're so sure that hating ourselves and shaming ourselves with why we're in clothes that are too small or being comfortable with ourselves we think that's going to stop us from changing and again the paradoxical theory of change is this idea that only when we're content with where we are, we able to change. Like this is not just like one theory. Carl Rogers talked about this in his therapeutic techniques. Like we know, being content with where you are supports you to change. If you are consistently wearing clothes that are too small, or you're consistently going to a wardrobe and saying nothing fits me, I feel so ashamed. You're stopping yourself from being content with where you are. You're stopping yourself from progressing and making change. So buy some clothes that fit you. They don't have to be super expensive. Like clothes they can just be clothes that you feel comfortable in that you like the look of and that you like the way that you look in them and you feel nice <coughs> and have them in your wardrobe put the other ones whether you give them to charity whether you put them somewhere else box them up or not that's fine your mom unfortunately in this situation is wrong what we need to remember is that the generation above us they had very very low awareness of diet culture of shame of body like weight stigma and all of these things like the, the awareness and the knowledge that we have, they didn't have the internet, right? The knowledge and the awareness that we have now is so much greater and it's so hard as women because we take on what our mum says as gospel. Like that's so common and the way that our dads treat our mum, we take that on as gospel. Like we know this, but you have to challenge that and go, is my mum right in this situation? And this is not a criticism of your mum whatsoever. Or is all of this information that I'm hearing on this podcast and that my coach is telling me and that I see online, is that right? Because I'm right. I'm always right. It's a fact of life that you just have to get used to. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, challenge it and, and buy yourself some stuff that feels nice. I don't know about you, but I always had like a prep wardrobe and then every prep I'd be like, well, they still don't fit because like something's gotten a little bit bigger <laughs> so, so there's just no point yeah so much that I think that's a good thing about it as well about not knowing what size of clothes you are like when you've got all these different clothes sizes it's like oh these jeans fit me today but they don't fit me the next time and then you're like oh we are later they'll fit you and you're like why do they fit me now because I'm definitely fatter <laughs> now but then the, and there's no lot of rhyme or reason sometimes behind it and it's like just let it go and have a bit of a fluid wardrobe that's always helpful <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I am um, done for questions this week okay let's let's do one more question and then um we are done um for now so that we don't lose our rhythm nobody likes to lose their rhythm i'd like to know your take on mental hunger when to truly honor it for context i can eat a huge meal and not feeling hungry per se anymore but i still want more and feel like i could just keep eating how do you know when you're truly satisfied I would like to disclaimer this question with this person is doing unbelievable work. She's she's basically, we're not doing all in, so to speak, but it's similar because she's trying to get her get back in touch with her hunger and various mm-hmm. things. So that's where she's coming from background-wise. Um, what are your thoughts? Mm. Is it is it mental hunger? are the meals really satisfying? Like if you're eating large meals, are you getting a lot of taste from them or is it quite bland meals? Is that going to help with satisfaction? Um, if it is mental hunger, then how are you feeling? What can you do to help how you're feeling? Um, 
perhaps equally it's, it's looking at like unmet needs and because ultimately you can eat and it's still never going to meet them yeah that's I'm smiling because that's perhaps one of the conversations we had and it's if you know it's quote-unquote mental hunger and one of the conversations we were having I said well what even is mental hunger because if it is mental or emotional hunger then it's that's not you're not going to feel satisfied from your food and you're never going to feel satisfied from your food like you said it's not that's not the that type of emotional hunger is not met with food um and so you can keep eating but it's not going to be enough if it's you're craving certain foods or if you feel like you're not satisfied physically then it's potentially more related to hedonic hunger and that's the, you know you get a certain dopamine response you get a certain response to certain foods that are higher in fat sugar um, salt etc and it might just be like you said that your taste is not satisfied and that your meal might have been really voluminous but there was no fat in there or actually you just don't really love the taste of it and so that's something that we are working on together anyway um I think that the hard part is done in well it's not for her she's doing a lot but the hard part is done in that you think it's mental hunger so then go through the things that, that you were saying and I think for anyone who's in this type of situation think about think about your life and and this is something that we probably don't emphasize enough and I've been writing a post on it for a while but think about like are you genuinely satisfied with life and we can't always be satisfied with life especially in the last year or two that we've had but like do you wake up every day and think I really am I'm comfortable I'm content and I feel passionate about what I'm doing outside of work or outside of family or outside of friends like we've got all of these who was, who was this I think it was I think it was Emma she won't remember saying this one of somebody who I work with who also is a coach and she was saying yeah, I like this idea of like having oh, she's going to I'm going to crucify this um like different pots and it's like you're part of a family you're part of work part of all of these things and it's like you want to make sure that you are feeding all of those pots and you've got things in all of those pots and then if one of them goes to shit you've at least got the other ones there but if you're if you feel like you're languishing this is this is the thing I've been listening to recently languishing is like the middle ground of mental health you're not depressed and anxious but you're not flourishing you're languishing you're blah you're fine um, <laughs> attack, attack. <laughs> looking right at you and and if you're languishing you you don't ever feel like you're kind of in that flow state you don't ever feel really like passionate or you're not progressing through anything you just are then that can lead to these feelings of quote-unquote mental hunger because you're just not fully satisfied in anything um and so looking at that can be really helpful mm-hmm. i'm also going to write a more complex thing on that but <laughs> that that was not very um informative but i will um yeah so thanks for all your questions and keep them coming and we will of course do more next week thanks thank you